but we weren't tempted. Dad cooked. It helped him. Just as it helped my parents to focus on me. Just as it helped me that I had them. They were careful of me. They protected me. I never once heard the word autopsy, though I was pretty sure it happened. My mother and father expanded into larger versions of themselves. The decisions they made, the small things they did, made me glad that they were my parents. They never even considered the corny funeral limo. My father would drive us in his Jeep. Just the three of us, without some stranger in black eyeballing us in the mirror. The only bad move they almost made was... Dad wanted to play a tape of Margaret singing Amazing Grace. It was part of her application portfolio for a college that seemed to want students who could smoke beloved hymns into smoldering torch songs. Mom said, Are you out of your mind? They'll have to wheel us out on gurneys. I was relieved when my dad backed down. I couldn't have stood hearing my sister sing about how she was lost but now she was found. I was surprised when my mother told me I didn't have to go. She said, Nico, it's up to you to decide whether or not you want to say goodbye to your sister that way. I was still bursting into tears when anyone said the word sister. And when someone said your sister, I wanted that person dead. I didn't want to go. But what would I do? Stay home? Go to the movies and wait for someone to pick me up? The day of the funeral was windy and cold. I imagined Margaret stage-managing the scene for maximum tragic drama. I wondered if the newly dead were allowed to control the weather as a consolation for never again feeling it on their faces. All day, my parents and I clung together. We'd been hugging more than we had in our whole lives until then. Not hugging so much as leaning. We were so physically tired. I kept wanting to tell Margaret how goofy Mom and Dad were acting until I'd remember why. My clearest memory of the day is of my father's scratchy jacket. I burrowed into it so hard that the wool left welts on my face. The graveside ceremony was conducted by the minister from the Unitarian Church, to which my parents went a few times and then quit because Mom liked to sleep in on Sundays. I kept my eyes shut the whole time and blocked out the service by chanting nonsense inside my head. I tried to imagine a beautiful place. Margaret had taught me to do that when I went to the dentist. But nothing worked. There was nowhere to go. Not the lake, not the rowboat, not Times Square, not Paris. Everyone said, I'm sorry. Everyone hugged me and wept. My best friends, Samantha and Violet, were practically sobbing their eyes out. I wanted to tell them to quit it. They couldn't have known that their tears were contagious. The minute I stopped crying, I'd look at them and start. Mom told me that all I had to say was, thank you for coming. I repeated it like a tourist who knows one phrase of a foreign language.
We were heading toward our car when our path was blocked by a tall, good-looking blonde kid wearing a tan suit. His face was blotchy. His eyes were the rubbed raw pink of pencil erasers. I'm so sorry, he said. Thank you for coming, I said. Only then did Aaron emerge from his smeary disguise. As he turned to shake my father's hand, I was afraid that my parents would be as mean to him as they were when Margaret was alive. I was less concerned about Aaron than about what I might do. Aren't you sorry? I'd have to ask. Don't you wish you could have back your little problem of not liking Margaret's boyfriend? My mother threw her arms around Aaron. Dad thumped his shoulder. And I had to walk away because it was so much worse than what I'd imagined. I leaned against the car and focused.